what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and happy Tuesday. Tuesday, I'm on the pod with my co-host, Camo. Camo, are you there? Hey, Justin, I'm here. Um, Nice hat, by the way. It's a good look for you. For those that are listening on the pod, which is like all of you guys, I have a new hat. (laughs) I have a new dad hat. It is Seattle Kraken dad hat and i actually just got it in the mail i'm back in the bay area i was actually in arizona for about a week or so yeah gilbert's so came back and it's like uh it's like christmas time you get, get in the mail it's how, pretty different. How, how was a how was it down in down in the valley of the sun was it uh, nice and toasty you know i think it's one of those things where you count your blessings because it could always be worse on another side and what i'm referring to is the bay area right now because the bay area has been going through a lot of fires a lot of forest fires uh, a lot of house mm-hmm. fires now that's that's affected parts of the bay area um tri-valley south bay and whatnot and so the air quality in the bay area has yeah. been hor- horrendous actually and there's been some lightning some some other weird weird fuckery and all all in all so like one i was gone like all that happened and so a lot of my colleagues were just saying, "Hey, like just just stay in Arizona because like it's it's pretty bad over here." <laughs> yeah, and, uh, I got back in last night, and I can attest this morning like it was really smoky. Um, I checked out a couple of properties today. I had to wear my mask even with with um, with me driving like in the car. I had to mm-hmm. wear the mask because I could I could feel it, you know. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's one of those things too, where like in comparison to like a normal fire, I mean. You know, a natural fire isn't good by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, a fire with houses and chemicals, you, you don't know what's in the air. Yeah. So uh, no runs up Marin for you anytime soon. You know, uh, maybe this weekend uh, might be better, but hopefully at, at yeah. this point, TBD. And, you know, it sucks too, because I know a lot of things got canceled, like for this week and the couple of weeks going on just until things get a little bit better for everyone's plans. If if you're already fucking cooked up in the house uh, mm-hmm. with COVID now, like you got rolling blackouts in California too, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. But I will say this being in Arizona, it was about 110, 120 degrees <laughs> in Gilbert. And so what I did was, you know, early bird gets the worm. I, I wake up five o'clock in the morning. I'd go out, try to go, go for a hike around sixes finish my hike around nine and by that time that's when the heat comes back but i get yeah. my day uh, good to go started, started to write and i stay in the, the house for the rest of the time yeah i mean uh good thing got nba playoffs going on right now nice air-conditioned house i'm sure you know it could be worse you know it was pretty cool too like i had a nice routine when i was at gilbert's i'd i'd hike come back take a shower have a breakfast burrito some eggs whatever coffee and then I'd watch NBA like right around 10 o'clock, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. And then hang out with my niece with the baby and, uh, and work from home, essentially. That's the life. Uncle, Uncle Just the West, he loves the kids. Yeah, yeah, man. So, um, But let's go ahead and talk about some NFC West news. I mean, yeah. why I got you on the pod to begin with. Uh, but let's, let's make our way for this pod. So... Have you seen episode two of, uh, of Hard Knocks with the Rams and the Chargers? When I was with T up, we talked about the first episode, but yeah, yeah. What do you think about the last episode? 
Yeah. Um, you know, overall pretty good season. Uh, not, not a ton of drama yet. I think just because obviously we're not going to have any preseason games. So, you know, it's really just focusing on how these teams are coping with the restrictions and changes in place. And so, you know, we saw the first episode was really just them coming together and building up their facilities and figuring out how to have meetings and practices and all that stuff. So second episode was kind of more of the same talking about, um, you know, kind of more of the, the contact practices are doing with, you know, the helmets and there's, they, sh- they had some, uh, they show the different, the uh, kind of visor options and, and, and such. So, uh, that was, that was interesting for sure. But I think really the focus was mostly on, again, just the, the COVID restrictions, daily testing. Um, uh, one of the chargers, I think he's like a quality, quality guy, like a video intern or something sure. is, uh, is a uh, Rex Ryan's son. Uh, I think his name's Seth Ryan. And, oh no, kidding! Uh, anyway, yeah, it's anywhere he works for the for the Chargers, and you know he's t- showing him you know, meetings with the players. And I think he works for the wide receivers, and it turns out he gets tested positive for COVID. And he's like, I don't, I don't do shit. You know, I literally he's talking to uh, Anthony Lynn. You know, literally, coach, I, I literally go to go to go to work, go to the go home, and that's it. Back and forth, and you know, just, just saying like, you know, any anyone can get it any time, even if you take all the precautions. And even the the coach Anthony Lynn had had COVID, I think a couple of months back. So, you know, it was just one of those things. I mean, so all the players were a little nervous. Of, it's got everyone paranoid because, like earlier this week, uh, I saw that there, you know, everyone's doing their testing right now in training camp, and then there were about yeah. seventy individuals that were tested positive, and that got the whole league in an uproar. But yeah. what they had found out was that positive tests was false the, all, yeah. all 70 were contaminated they were false mm-hmm. positives and so yeah. uh, i you know, that was that you know obviously that's nothing to fuck around when you get 70 positives yeah obviously yeah so, you know, a- the nfl apparently right now they're trying to look at different venues and cross cross reference mm-hmm. for the testing i mean do you know much about that yeah and i mean i think i know the nfl also recently came out with some testing i think before before these this recent all these recent run of false positives but just protocols to if you've had it before what the protocol is to come back so you can be around people again and you know you get tested again and if you do it pass and you get a rapid test within the next day and if you pass again then then you're good and you get cleared by a physician um you know these 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 errors happen in these labs you know they're doing a high number and um you know, obviously that's a huge number of like out of nowhere. So kind of raises a little bit of concern since, I mean, generally speaking, the, the NFL, I think they're doing a, a decent job right now within their own camps. Now who's this, who, what's going to happen when they start traveling for games? Who knows? I still feel like there's a lot of room for, uh, for some, in, for, for some infections to take place. But, you know, if you look at baseball as a comparison, so I mean, if it makes you feel better about baseball outside of Miami with the Marlins, you haven't really heard much since. Not going to win. Didn't the Phillies have like twelve or fourteen guys? And, that was uh, that was like all in the beginning. I haven't heard anything yeah. since. True. Yeah. Not going to win. I don't know. It's just a matter of time. But you know, it, this stuff is crazy. You know, you're starting to hear. Uh, even I heard read today. You know, Italy they were hit hard early on in the pandemic back in like March, April, 
Right. And then they kind of, they kind of went down and now the numbers are coming up again. Yeah. I don't know if it's because of the seasons or if, if it's because people are getting a little bit more lax on. I think, yeah, it could be a com- combination. I think with that one, it's like in Europe, you know, they, they felt like they got a handle on it and people were kind of going out vacationing and, you know, a lot of young people, it's kind of similar to here and more of the same, but you know, now it's September's next week. It's going to be flu season before you know it. It's going to be colder. And then, you know, how are you to know it's going to be, it's going to be a mess. So. Right, right, right. And that brings up the next point of discussion. I mean, the NFL is slated to start in the next couple of weeks, mm-hmm. September 10th. There mm-hmm. is no preseason right now. So you're seeing on hard knocks, a COVID-19 off season, which is unprecedented, obviously. And, you know, it does compromise the try to, you know, your agenda for the off season for your players, mm-hmm. especially when you have like 90 people on your roster trying to get it down to the 53 Mm-hmm. And it's it's an interesting off season in the sense because they had this COVID nineteen IR list and then they've mm-hmm. expanded practice squad um, from twelve to sixteen and I don't know man like just just the quality of of this team and the the execution for all these NFL teams is going to be intriguing to see what the final product is come September tenth but. Yeah. At the same time, too, I'm sure you've been keeping track. You've been seeing a ton of injuries as well. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the Niners, for example. It seems mm-hmm. like they're they're signing three, four, five different players yeah. off the streets because they want to get bodies in for their training camp. Uh, I'm sure mm-hmm. you heard about rookie Brandon Ayuk. He was having mm-hmm. a strong training camp, tweaked his hammy. Um, Debo remains to be seen. Jalen Hurd tore his ACL. And so they, Bosa. Mm-hmm. Bosa, I mean, so they sent a bunch of new, new, even, even today they worked out, uh, Justin Hardman, mm-hmm. Evan White, former, former <laughs> Cardinal, by the way. Oh yeah. They already signed Tavon Austin, JJ Nelson. I mean, what say you about like this sort of COVID-19 off season? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say how much of, um, you know, the, the rash of injuries is due to, I mean, guys who've just been, you know, the season ended for the NFL after the Super Bowl back in February. So it's kind of like these guys have had, you know, an extended uh, off season a little bit. I mean, the training camp is kind of in line where it was normally, isn't it? I mean, off maybe by a couple of weeks. Yeah, no, it's okay. I think it's the, the lack of preseason, uh, the lack of yeah. tackling. You know, they, they've had these True. training camps, these walkthroughs, but... Uh, I mean, take, take, for example, like the running back position, you want to see the, your running backs elude missed tackles mm-hmm. in these sort of mm-hmm. situations. And you can't really evaluate that same thing goes yeah. for the, like the linebackers and the safeties as well. They'll, they'll hit, don't get me wrong, but it's not in that same sort of relation. Yeah. Right. It's just, it's just interesting that, yeah, that the Niners of all teams have had, seems like so many of these injuries. I'm sure other teams, we you know, obviously outside of NFC West are having their their fair share of injuries and, and so on, but it just seems like every time you look up, there's could be again Niners are signing guys who haven't played in two or three years, you know, just to fill up space essentially on uh to you know for for the to train with um you know and you know they'll get a number of guys back the, the major ones like Jalen Hurd that will be out for the year. They're saying Debo could have missed maybe just one first one or two games a season. Who knows? Um, you know, he'll, he's going to come in with no practice. So there's always a high chance of re-injury when that happens. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just one of those things where every team just has to kind of adjust to this because they're all going through the same same restrictions. Do, do you think? I mean, from what I've seen too, it's been a lot of the soft tissue sort of injuries. I mean, Nick Bosa was it mm-hmm. or leg D four? Mm-hmm. He kind of tweaked his hammy. Um, are you tweaked his hammy? It's all soft tissue stuff. I mm-hmm. mean, let's say you, I, I'm no physical therapist and you're no doctor either, but it, that tends to be the growing trend in, in sort of injuries. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's hard to, hard to speculate on that. You know, again, it kind of, kind of what you said, I think it goes back to just, you know, they just started putting on pads recently and really in, 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 in playing before then it was just a lot of walkthroughs and things like that. We're not getting the same level of, you know, explosive plays and cutting and, and hard hitting and stuff like that. So yeah, hard to say it's, it's just one of those things. And, you know, you know, I know Niners fans had, they still have a lot of, still have high expectations, obviously coming off a Super Bowl year and, you know, having recently, you know, signing Kittle to a huge contract and then, um, you know, other guys that we've brought in and, and so on and so forth. So Let's go ahead and switch it up on, on a more positive note. I know this has been a lot of downers sort of shit. COVID-19, fires, injuries, yeah. ablaze, literally ablaze. But, yeah. you know, let, let's, let's get something on something a little bit more fruitful because, once again, the NFC West is setting the league ablaze with these positions because your boy, Buda Baker from the Washington Huskies, second round. Arizona Cardinals, and it's interesting too. I feel like general manager Steve Kime, when he does hit on his picks, he likes to to pay them handsomely, and that's exactly what he did. Because uh, as of today, he made Buda Baker the highest paid safety at the position. And what wow. is the number? It is four years an extension, four years, fifty nine million dollar contract extension. So the guarantees is about thirty three million. And though, yeah, 33 mil. And mm-hmm. it's looking that, so his average is right around 14.75 million. <laughs> so he's the number one safety in terms of wow. uh, getting money at the position annually. So it's him at 14.75, Eddie Jackson at 14.6. So right there. And yeah. if I'm the Seahawks, I'm looking at <laughs> that as the comp because they I just knew you were bring that up. Adams, right? Jamal yeah. Adams would be like, that's so I want that's, min- that's the minimum. <laughs> exactly. If you're at 14.75, I want 15, 16. Yeah. And it's interesting Perfect. because the week before, Kittle just got re-signed and he's he's getting right right around 15, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I knew that was coming, that that was gonna come up in in uh we talked about we had a whole Jamal Adams podcast a couple weeks ago um so and and is his contract gonna be up next after this season is it that when he's he'll be off his rookie deal i believe so yeah so this year house money is it's a pretty good deal but Mm -hmm. just yeah when you trade it when you give up such high draft capital same thing Mm -hmm. with jalen ramsey because his contract is right around the corner as well and i'm sure that when he saw hard knocks he was on just saying hey like we'll talk about it when we talk yeah oh yeah that reminds me in this last episode he was house hunting up in la hills somewhere basically being like my payday is coming don't worry it's you know i i feel i feel good about this investment i'm gonna get mine i'm gonna get mine yeah. 
For sure. Um, do you, I mean, right now, I'm just kind of thinking off the top of your head, like, you know, Buda Baker's got paid. Jamal Adams just got signed the Seahawks. Between those, I mean, you could say both of those guys are top four safeties in the league, right? Well, that's what – I wanted to get your take on this because I know you're a UW fan. You're a Cardinals fan. But I was pleasantly surprised with this deal because, I mean, Buda Baker, he just made the Pro Bowl this past year. Mm-hmm. He's not necessarily a household name yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything, and this might be my bias showing, but when I think of Buda Baker, I know he's a good safety, but I'm still thinking about when George Kittle like annihilated him on Thursday night football. <laughs> yeah. On Halloween where he like he saw he had Kittle in coverage. Mm-hmm. Kittle gets the pass on the slant and he just slammed him down for the touchdown. But yeah. Tell me, is there something I'm I'm kind of missing out? You know, the more I look into his numbers, I mean he's to your point, he's a top five safety at his position. Very versatile. Um, you know, it's him, Tyron Matthew. They drafted Isaiah Simmons as a linebacker. And, you know, Buda Baker, he's played. I'm looking at pro football focus in his career. He's been in the league for, for about three, three, four years. Uh, 186 snaps at edge. 460 snaps at linebacker. Uh, 882 snaps at slots. And then 708 snaps at, at, at free safety. So he can go all over the field, but mm-hmm. um, it's interesting. No interceptions. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. That was a career, career no interceptions in, in the NFL. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. That's a, uh, that's a, like you said, you, you can play all over. I think similar to Jamal Adams where they've used them in kind of different packages and different positions and such. And I think they're just showing that safety is no longer just a, uh, you know, you know, whatever kind of defensive non-specialty type position. I really feel like it is a specialty type position, especially um, when you can plug in chug guys in different spots. Um, I know Jamal Adams, uh, I'm pretty sure he's had at least one pick in his career. Uh, I would have to look that up, but. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a ball hawk. He's, he's. Yeah. And I mean, they have, I think different body styles, different kind of playing styles as well and shapes. Um so yeah, I mean, the, between those two guys, it's it's you say the you, the future is bright, the safety position in the NFC West for sure. Right. Well, do you think he deserves the money? I'm a little bit surprised. I know he's a good player. I just didn't expect him to be the top paid out of his position. You know, I've honestly, uh, it doesn't. It's not a huge surprise because if you look at a lot of these other defensive players who are quote unquote top in positions corners and other uh their guys who aren't household names um i think just because defensive players aside from like you know aaron donald and um jj watt those type of those types of guys the rest are just you know guys who just make plays and who've been around and uh, have stayed healthy i think are the biggest thing sure sure and it's worth noting too former cardinal tyron matthew he tweeted congratulations to to his brother little bro and he's he's getting paid about fourteen mil with the Chiefs. Um, mm-hmm. Eddie Jackson, like I said before, fourteen point six. Uh, Kevin Bayard with, with the Titans, fourteen point one, and Lennon Collins yeah. at fourteen mil. So right Makes around sense. that num- right around that number now. It's mm-hmm. uh, good for the kid though, because I remember out of Washington, you were talking in high regards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they tra- they drafted. I think they traded like three four picks to move up to get mm-hmm. him in the second round. Steve Kahn yeah. really wanted him. So, yeah. Yeah. He's definitely one of those guys, you know, you want to get your guy. He, he was, I think he was targeted by them early on. Um, 
I remember watching him play um, back when there were Pac-12 games going on, obviously. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you know, one of those one of those guys. He was on the same team as um, as uh, as Taylor Rapp, I believe. Yeah, no, you dub yeah. exactly. So, you know, when a safety like that gets paid, every all the players are happy. I saw a couple of tweets too. Derwin James, safety with the mm-hmm. Chargers, was all for it as well. Like everyone yeah. wins when these oh, yeah. guys get the bag, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, speaking of the bag, I want to see. It doesn't really relate, but but hear me out too. Okay, so Earl Thomas, have you heard of him? Another safety so. with the Ravens. Uh, For, formerly Le- Legion of Boom, am I mistaken? Exactly. So mm-hmm. with him, he was paid last offseason. He got the bag. He had a four-year, $55 million deal with the Ravens. But lo and behold, he is no longer employed by the Ravens. So yeah, have you heard about that? Because they just released yeah. him the other day. I, you know what? I had heard something. He got into some, some sort of squirmish with one of the, one of his teammates based on, I don't know, broken play or miscovered something got heated and then he got sent home. And then the next day he didn't have a job. So that's exactly what happened. He, mm-hmm. he punched out a teammate. Uh, oh, he punched him. I didn't realize that. I yeah, thought they were just kind of pushing no, each other or something. Well, apparently. Yeah. He punched mm-hmm. him out or some shit like that. But even then, the more you read into it, this was a decision by the Players' Council, the veterans amongst the mm-hmm. Ravens, in which he missed out on a couple of team meetings throughout the season. He was late. Uh, um, you know, little things like that did not right. bode well for this, you know, for this Ravens team that is very much, you know, veteran-led and mm-hmm. and they had enough of a shit. And, you know, I'm very surprised that they got rid of a veteran one year, but... You know, his play has been, it's, you know, it's been decent, but it's not Seattle Seahawks good. And just add to the fact that um, this is something that I'm going to be intrigued to see what's going to happen. But they released him and they said that they're not going to pay all of his guaranteed money because of, uh, what is it, conduct, personal conduct detrimental to the team. Hmm. Interesting. But at the same, I don't know. I don't know how, if he's going to... Uh, make a plea or, you know, counter back. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he, you know, he's, he's an able player and, and all that. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's not hurt. So I don't know how that's going to go down. Um, Interesting. All in all, I mean, I know you're also a Seattle Seahawks fan as well. Are you surprised <laughs> by all this, this fuckery by Earl Thomas? I mean, keep in mind, Earl Thomas did flip the bird to Pete Curl while he was being part of the field. So, yeah, I mean, I obviously wasn't here when he was playing. Um, so, you know, I think he was, when he was part of Legion of Boom, he was definitely beloved as part of that core. Um, I, I definitely know that he did not have the rosy exit here. Uh, that, that, you know, and he said he was pretty much shown the door by the Seahawks, um, you know. And so, again, I, and like, you know, he's one of those players where, you know, on the outside, it seemed like he was a guy who was respected, but I guess, you know, when it becomes in behind closed doors, that, that, that's a different, different story. Um, I did hear this circulating online. Uh, I think after the Seahawks let him go that he really wanted to go to the Cowboys. So that's still a destination that 
looks like could be happening. Um, who knows? It's interesting how these things happen when players get cut by their teams and, you know, how do you, you know, how do you prove, you know, what, what, what it means conduct detrimental to the team? Obviously it seems pretty detrimental if you're trying to punch out one of your own teammates. Um, that's not good, you know? <laughs> so, but yeah, it's a little surprising, honestly, from a veteran guy like that, honestly, I, I, you, you see, you know, things happen with rookies and, and young guys. Uh, I don't know if you've heard kind of different story, but the Seahawks rookie, I think he was an undrafted or like a seventh rounder. He tried oh, to sneak okay. in, yeah. <laughs> he tried to sneak in a, uh, you know, a female, uh, into the team, um, a hotel dressed as a player and then they cut him the next day. So, yeah, no, they, they can't have that shit, especially COVID-19 and you're an undrafted free agent yeah. rookie. With a, with a, did you see he has a, they said he has a, a $2,000 signing bonus, the third lowest amongst all undrafted rookies. So, Oh boy. I, he got, he got some, he got some free, free swag and, and a couple thousand and show him the door. Jeez. But uh, no, but Thomas, on, uh, honestly, yeah. I mean, I don't, it's one of those things where, you know, he'll probably latch on with another team here. Still a, still a good player. Um, you know, I think just maybe, maybe he just didn't see the fit from the beginning and who knows, million he'll end up on the Cowboys after all. Yeah. I will do a bit of an anecdote too about Earl Thomas and the Legion of Boom. I mean, a lot of people are surprised that Earl Thomas, who was supposed to be like a leader, um, would do this sort of shit. But hear me out on, on this. I mean, for the Legion of Boom, they played some great football when one of the best defensive teams of our generation in the NFL. Uh, Cam Chancellor, from, from what I remember, you know, he was a mid round pick. Um, so from what I remember, at least during their time together. Cam Chancellor was like the silent leader, lead mm-hmm. by example, um, heavy hitter, strong safety for them. Mid round pick though, kind of that underdog mentality. That was, that was the profile for Cam Chancellor. Now, Richard Sherman, he was the fifth round pick out of Stanford, uh, former wide receiver converted to cornerback and whatnot, but he always had a chip on his shoulder and he was the vocal leader for mm-hmm. the Legion of Boom. Okay. So you have your star cornerback, your star strong safety, but what really made this Seattle secondary go this cover three scheme that was so, you know, mimicked by defenses mm-hmm. thereafter was Earl Thomas, because you need that single high safety to really make everything go. And Earl Thomas was the only first round pick, you know, mm-hmm. out, out of that Legion of Boom. He was quote unquote, the chosen one. And I think Earl Thomas, I won't, I can't speak on his behalf, but let's just say he had a little bit of swag with that meaning that I, I know I'm the first round pick. I know I'm the one that makes the defense go, that connects it. Um, so maybe that sort of confidence or arrogance um, was always there. Um, and, you know, because of that, like, you know, things were able to slide, but, you know, he had other, other veterans like Cam Chancellor and Richard Sherman uh, be around for that leadership within the locker room. And then you see Earl Thomas exit and do his thing with, with Baltimore. Uh, you know, the shit he, he pulled with Pete Carroll uh, with the middle finger. Uh, but mm-hmm. maybe it was always there. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a good point. Your kind of breakdown there of the, the main guys in that, in that defense. Um, 
Yeah, interesting. And I think, like you said, the Ravens have been this kind of buttoned up organization. They've had the same, which Harbaugh's been the coach there for a long time now. Um, you know, they weren't, they're just not going to put up with any sort of BS. So, you know, it's kind of like we're bigger than the individual for sure. It's tough evaluating these players too, because I mean, you know, on one hand, you appreciate the players' competitiveness. That's why it's kind of like, you know, star receivers or star cornerbacks, for example. Mm-hmm. They talk a lot of trash, you know, they're, they're confident in their abilities, whatever, um, because that's what makes a good player. Right. But at the same time, you're right at the fine line where you can't push it too far though. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, it's obviously it could be at least kind of nuanced differences between those guys who are, you know, offense is always going to have be shown in this light where players probably feel like they can, get away with more things and speak up more and be extra loud and, you know, show that sort of moxie and confidence or arrogance at times, you know, and but at the same time, you have guys on the defense who are great players as well, but maybe just don't feel like they have the same recognition that those other guys get. So it could be a case of that, but. Yeah. I know. mean, you know, especially for star players, you have a, a much, uh, Luke's your rope on, on yourself because yep. l- let's go back to that whole Seahawks ordeal with that undrafted rookie with the female. Yeah. What if Russell Wilson, his yeah. female being Sierra, what Sierra. if, what if he got caught bringing Sierra to the hotel? I don't think, they, well, I don't think they cut him. No, I don't think so. We've had, we talked to this many times in this pod that he is the chosen son of Seattle for sure. And he could do no wrong. And, no, I don't I, think Russell think, Wilson would do that anyways, but, you know. Just, well, you know, hopefully he's he's being mindful. And, and actually, this kind of reminds me, actually, in this last episode of Hard Knocks, one one big thing was the uh, all the veterans on the, uh, at least for the Rams and the Chargers, I believe, um, they, all the veterans could stay home and actually go back to their homes after practice and not have to stay within the, the team hotel and facilities. Whereas the rookies all have to stay, they show them all in this, basically this one hotel in Irvine, basically <laughs> okay. right next to the practice facility, you know, close to UCI, your alma mater. But yeah, all the veterans like Andrew Whitworth were like, I feel bad for these guys. Cause like, you know, they're just, they just literally have to just go there and, 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 and contain, isolate themselves and, and such. So I don't know if it, you know, I feel like, Maybe it's the same thing going on with the the Seahawks and and so on up up here at least, you know. But I think if yeah, when you're a rookie, especially undrafted, you should definitely be mining your P's and Q's. You know, (laughs) you're literally just started, and then you haven't even made the team yet, really, and do something like this. It just doesn't make sense, and it's really selfish too because you're putting people at risk for no reason. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird time we're in right now. It's a weird time yeah, we're man. in. Yeah, man. Yeah. So. All right, man. Well, you yeah. know, I've the uh, training camps going on. Um, the season's a couple weeks away. How many? How many fantasy leagues are you going to be in this year? Uh, as of right now, um, not that. Not that much. No, I'm, I'm an eight. <laughs> no way. <laughs> That's the most ever, right? Uh, yeah, I, I added in another league. I, I, I joined uh, Bobby, who's been on the pod. And I, I, 
I joined his league as well. So, oh my god! I mean, because last year I feel like was your max. It was like six or seven, right? Yeah, I, I gotta double check to see how many leagues I'm in, but I think I'm at about eight. Have, are you are, are you having any uh, conflicts with your your drafts uh, on the conflicting times and dates and stuff? You know, I imagine I, so. I haven't really checked too much. I know like <laughs> my drafts are like September third, fourth, fifth, something like seventh, eighth, yeah. You know? Something of the variety, and I think we're going to be using a lot of Zoom as well mm-hmm. with some alcoholic beverages while we do our drafts. But yeah, I mean, this will be your first uh, A Town Walkers non-live draft, right? Yeah, that's pretty lame, man. Because like, I look forward to like that's out of all the leagues I do, that's the one draft that's live where everyone is there mm-hmm. and we do it together, and it makes it yeah. actually. Uh, a lot harder too because I'm not all sober when we do the draft. So you really pick on your yeah, toes. I've 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 participated in that one I think one or two years and I would say it is quite the experience. Yeah, because uh, there's a rule too. Like if you select a player that's already been drafted, you have to take a shot. Take a, take a shot. And uh, I had for one year I had this affinity for Le'Veon Bell and <laughs> two three times and. <laughs> I, paid, I paid the price for it, but you know, thankfully, yeah. actually, you know what? I, no, I, I, don't think, I don't think I made playoffs that year anyway. So there you go. Well, maybe this this year is is your year. Uh, you have you know eight eight chances essentially. Do you think you know? Speaking of COVID and and the season and all that too, uh, do you think there's an asterisk on fantasy football if you if you, if you win the championship? No, I don't think so. Just because, you know, there hasn't been an asterisk on, you know, an NBA with the abbreviated seasons. Um, yeah, you can say it's a little bit different. The bubble this year, is there going to be an abbreviation? No, because the teams, they're there. They're all going through the same thing. So it's an equal it's a level playing field. I think, too, for a lot of commissioners, quote-unquote commissioners of fantasy football, but mm. they're going to add a couple more IR spots in light of mm-hmm. COVID-19 because – that's that's the reality you know yeah. i mean if, a lot if, more the teams are, if the teams are doing that in real life you might as well try to reflect that uh in fantasy so i'm excited i think i'm in i think i'm doing three or four it's a little more manageable um but yeah let me know if you want to if you want a ninth one i'm creating a new one <laughs> why <laughs> oh, man. Uh, are you man. really gonna join another league too or what I'm I'm starting up one, just the one that kind of disbanded. So I'm kind of pulling together a new one. Okay, I might actually join a ninth one too because my other Aria, we we might do a league. Oh my goodness, for fun. <laughs> so. So all right, well yeah. think of those uh, think of those creative team names, and uh, yeah, no, it'll be it'll be good. I, season's coming pretty soon. It'll be exciting. You know, who knows what's gonna look like. Fan-wise, some stadiums are going to have 20% capacity. Some will have – none of the California teams will have fans. No um, Niners, no no Rams, no, no Chargers. That's not, going to, that's not going to change. So, uh, I mean, they're saying we're, we're, we're waiting to see, but I don't think they'll change for the whole season. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, well, stay tuned. I don't really care about that as much as I want the games to begin and I want the games mm-hmm. to begin safely. It's been yes. kind of nice. I mean, I'm sure you've seen plenty of Giants and Dodgers games lately. Mm-hmm. They're playing right now for this to start the series. But yeah, yeah, a lot of cutoffs, a lot of cutoff board fans. Mm-hmm. So maybe they'll do that for the Niners and the Rams and the Cardinals and the Seahawks. 
Yeah. Submit your Just the West uh, cutout right now. I know. I know. So, all right, Kamo. Well, hey, I appreciate your time as always hopping on the pod. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify or wherever else you may be getting this pod. Also, don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog, which needs to be updated, but it still is there at www.justthewest.com. So until next time, Kamo, we out here. Stay safe. Peace. Later.